this podcast, I'm going to be discussing the retained EU law, Revocation and Reform Bill, which in January 23 had its third reading in Parliament and is handed to the House of Lords for further debate. Whilst in the face of it a rather dry topic, with a less than engaging title, its implications are anything but, as Labour's fierce opposition to it through debates in the Commons demonstrated. I hope that in this podcast I can bring to life its meaning and how, if Brexit was the proof we wanted to leave the EU, this is a choice of pudding. In a nutshell, the bill, if and when implemented, will mean thousands of EU laws would automatically expire at the end of this year, unless ministers decide to preserve it or replace it beforehand. The bill has the potential to fire the starting gun on an enormous and unprecedented programme of legislative reform. Whether or not the bill could result in a bonfire of rules, as some commentators fear and others welcome, will depend on ministers' appetites for change at a time when businesses are already struggling with economic uncertainties. How much they want to rock the boat remains to be seen, and there are currently little to no clues as to which employment laws will disappear or be amended. So what is the retained EU law, revocation and reform bill? The bill was introduced into Parliament in autumn 2022, informally named the Brexit Freedoms Bill. The UK government has described it as the culmination of a journey that began on the 23rd of June 2016, when more than 17 million citizens of the UK and Gibraltar voted for the UK to leave the European Union. Why are we talking about the changes to EU law in 2023? Didn't the UK leave the EU almost two years ago? Well, yes, Brexit was done on the 31st of December 2020, but not really dusted. Before I explain the bill, it is important to understand what happened to EU-derived law in the UK when we all woke up on New Year's Day 2021. From the 1st of January 2021, the UK was technically free to remove retained EU law, but the process, as it is in most countries, not just the UK, to change laws is not quick or straightforward. There are reportedly over 50,000 laws introduced into the UK as a result of EU membership since 1990. To change retained EU law, like most other laws, there must be new primary or secondary legislation or a court decision. Imagine the sheer amount of work required to disentangle UK law from EU law against a backdrop of enormous political turmoil and attentions mostly on the very principle of exiting the EU. To look at it metaphorically, imagine UK law as being a big tapestry with EU law being stitched into every square centimetre. Or maybe I should start saying square inch post-Brexit. It would have been impossible for the legislators to unpick all EU-derived law from that tapestry within such a fraught timescale. This disentanglement was not surprisingly kicked into the long grass and instead the UK legal system entered a transition period. This transition period was the creation of a new category of UK law called retained EU law. The moment the UK left the EU, the European Union Withdrawal Act 2018 took a snapshot of the applicable EU law in force in the UK on the 31st of December 2020 and made provisions to ensure continuity, legal certainty and to avoid all interpretive void. The EU Revocation and Reform Bill in the UK Government 
namely Liz Truss in her brief spell as PM, kicked up that football from the long grass and getting it ready to kick it into a goal marked December 2023, which is the long stop date for the transition period and retained law. Well, actually, it's really 2026, but I'll come on to that in a minute. What does the bill propose and what impacts might it have? The most immediate impact would be the potential deletion of all retained EU law caught by the sunset provisions, unless these are preserved or replaced. Given the December 2023 deadline, this leaves little time for the full consideration by the raft of civil servants, regulators and ministers required. We're in March now and it is yet to pass through the House of Lords. From an employment perspective, the 2006 Transfer of Undertakings Protection of Employment Regulations, 2P, is probably the most important piece of legislation that could simply be removed. The list also includes working time regulations, agency worker regulations, fixed term employee regulations and part-time worker regulations. All of these are pieces of secondary legislation that are derived from EU law. They will all essentially expire and fall off the statute book on the 31st of December 2023, unless they are preserved, restated or replaced. So what about the Employment Rights Act 1996 and the Equality Act of 2010? These are the two pieces of primary legislation. Acts of Parliament at the heart of the UK employment law and are not in the scope of the sunset provision, meaning that the Employment Rights Act and the Equality Act are not impacted directly. However, there are elements even of those acts where provisions are derived from EU laws. Sections of the Employment Rights Act, for example, relate to the provision of employment information to employees, a right that derives from EU law. The equal treatment provision, which governs aspects of equal pay, is also derived from EU law. Some of the collective redundancy consultations requirements in section 188 of the 1992 Trade Union and Labour Relations Consolidation Act also stem from Europe. While these provisions are not directly affected by the sunset provision, they can still be subject to change. In addition to the sunsetting of EU-retained secondary legislation, such as TUPI and the working time regs, the bill also proposes ending the supremacy of EU law over domestic UK legislation, abolishing the general principles of EU law, and allowing the UK courts and employment tribunals greater discretion to depart from retained EU law case law. For example, a large number of holiday pay cases have been litigated up to the EU level, and and a lot of that EU case law is now an important element of how holiday pay is calculated within the UK. It is unclear whether existing case law authorities will bind UK employers after the sunset and deadline. These issues may have to be relitigated after the 31st of December 2023. So what is the bill likely to change? Whilst the bill gives government ministers sweeping powers to reform EU-derived laws, it is unlikely that there will be wholesale change to all of these regulations that we know so well. 
In a parliamentary debate on the 1st of February, a government spokesperson stated that it had no intention to weaken workers' rights. The government is also signed up to the trade and cooperation agreement within the EU, under which the UK committed that it would not weaken or reduce the employment rights that were inconsistent at the end of the transition period. The promise is limited to reductions in protection that affect trade or investment between the parties. But if the EU believes there is a breach, a process is triggered under the agreement to resolve the dispute, and if it is not resolved, the EU could then allow the UK to face tariffs or other trade barriers. The extent to which the EU will choose to meddle with UK employment rights in practice remains to be seen. What are our predictions as to what might change? Some are speculating that Tupi would be higher on the list of deregulatory reform once it was possible following Brexit. However, we don't envision much will change with Tupi. Some of the more complex rules may be tweaked, and possibly the small employer exemption for informing and consulting employee representatives may be increased. The government may also make it easier to harmonise terms and conditions post-transfer. What about the working time regulations? Looking firstly at holiday pay calculations. The working time regulations contain little information on calculating holiday pay, instead referring to the calculation methods contained in the Employment Rights Act. However, the Act has been ruled incompatible with EU law as far as holiday pay is concerned. The EU Working Time Directive provides a fundamental right for employees to receive their normal remuneration should they work irregular hours or regularly receive bonuses or commission. This protects workers from being penalised for taking annual leave. There is therefore inconsistencies between the EU-derived working time regulations and the Employment Rights Act and currently the EU law must take precedence. Is this about to change? Possibly, and we will wait to see if there is a new domestic law that makes it clearer regarding holiday pay and whether it is based on basic remuneration only and not bonuses and commission. With regards to the amount of holiday entitlement employees have, the UK government already enhances the four weeks required by EU law to 5.6 weeks. Therefore, we do not expect any change here. However, it is noteworthy that the government has just commenced a consultation on calculating holiday entitlement for part-year and irregular hours workers, following the Supreme Court's decision in Harper Trust in Brazil last year. We will keep you updated on the outcome of that consultation and will watch how it influences government decision making. Next, Rex breaks and the 48-hour working week. The working time regulations are now a familiar piece of legislation enacted in 1998, which enshrine many workers' rights. If the government were to amend these rest breaks, currently 20 minutes after 6 hours work, a minimum of 11 hours rest from the end of one shift to the start of the next, or the right to 48 hours uninterrupted rest in any 14-day period. This would potentially have significant impact on employees and organisations. Family-friendly rights. 
The family friendly rights that EU law provides are theoretically at risk. Maternity leave has been protected for decades and it's difficult to imagine a situation where it will be compromised. Other areas of family rights, such as shared parental leave, paternity leave and adoption leave, are a mix of primary legislation and retained EU law. Therefore, certain rights around these types of leave are potentially at risk. Regulations requiring fixed-term and part-time employees to be treated pro rata, similarly to permanent workers, could also fall away unless reinstated. Agency workers. The Agency Workers Regulations 2010 have not been popular amongst UK employers. Having to grant agency workers the same terms and conditions as your directly contracted staff after 12 weeks arguably defeats the object of engaging agency workers. These rights could either be repealed entirely or significantly amended to reduce the burden of operating with agency workers on employers and HR. To conclude, given the potential for change, some commentators are understandably concerned that important underlying employment rights will be taken away or that they will be amended too quickly without due legislative rigour and scrutiny by Parliament. There would undoubtedly be more litigation to resolve the uncertainties created by changes, as it always is the case with new law. However, others would argue that many employment laws are ripe for reform and that this should be considered as an opportunity to change. Until the time that the government reveals more concrete policy proposals, we will have to prepare ourselves for the possibility of waking up on New Year's Day 2024 with a whole new set of employment laws. Also, regardless of what changes are made to any secondary legislation, the combined effect of scrapping direct effect supremacy of EU law and general EU principles, together with the encouragement to depart from both EU and domestic case law in the courts and tribunals, will create an uncertain landscape for huge swaths of employment laws for years to come.